Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Nick Andre, the shot of Mania. SGG, when you hear that music, you already know what it means. The sweet, sweet sounds of the number one sports and recreation podcast in the world, Cheap Heat. I'm joined by the legend, the physically large, the physically strong, the S to the G, to the G. How are you, sir? Oh, man, I'm doing great. It's been a good week. Um yeah, there's well, there's a lot of stuff to talk about this week, and it's it's good timing because SGG, I'm gonna keep it a thousand right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna cross my legs, and I'm gonna sit down here at the top of the ramp, and I'm gonna grab this microphone for a second if that's all right. No, do what you gotta do. And I want the you cameraman to make sure they get a tight zoom on this. Take a good look. Take a good close look. SGG and I have been staring in the mirror a lot these days, wondering about this whole, this whole wrestling thing. Is this a venture that we want to do? I'm talking about wrestling, SGG. I'm sitting here right now and, you know, I'm trying to watch the product and I've been transparent with the audience the cheap heat universe about some of my feelings about WWE and my work there or lack thereof. And, you know, and the product in the last several months and my schedule and the, the things that I want to prioritize in life. And SUG, I know you've pondered some of these same things. And sometimes I ask myself, you know, have I, have I lost my smile? You know, do I, do I still have what it takes to, in my gut, week to week, to want to be here, talking, wrestling? With the cheap heat universe. And you know I know one thing. I know that I love my guy SGG. Um, as family. I know that I love Dipperstein. And the alumni of the show. Shoemaker. And the Brian Campbell. And our producer uh, Kyrie. And you know RJ who helps out so much. And Tim and. Andrew and everyone over at ESPN who who 
does their best to push the podcast. But sometimes you got to ask yourself, Greg, do you have that smile? And I've been asking myself that. I don't, I don't always feel appreciated by the, the wrestling universe, the WWE universe, the, 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 the smarks. You know, and so sometimes I think long and hard about whether cheap heat is the right thing to do every week. It might seem like nothing, just an hour of time. But it's not. It's more than that. It's much more. And, you know, I've been thinking about it. And I'm at a point right now where I really don't know how I feel. And I'd like to come back, if it's okay with you, next week, SGG, and address the cheap heat universe and and try to come to some sort of conclusion. I'm, I'm going to go to uh, Los Angeles this weekend to meet with Dipperstein in, at Shea Dip, uh, Dipperstein Chateau, Chateau Dip, or the one that he doesn't like when I call it Dipperland Ranch. <laughs> um, but I'm going to spend some time out there. I'm going to, I'm going to DJ for an hour on Sunday at Lock and Key, a little day party. Shout out to my man, Sean G. Play some 45s and sit outside a little bit for a few days, even though it's only going to be in the sixties and clear my head, talk to dip, you know, watch double or nothing, see what that feels like. And if it's okay, come back next week here on cheap heat. And address the Cheap Heat universe about the future of Cheap Heat. And um, I just wanted to take a few minutes to do that and say that. And I, SGG, I hope you're I hope you're cool with that. Oh yeah, of course. A, a very special episode of Cheap Heat. Uh, I feel like you know this is a conversation that we've been having privately, and so to open it up to the Cheap Heat universe and see what what the people think. Um, I think it's fair. I think it's fair. Well, I think it's important that we go not only outside, but go inside. Right. And think long and hard. And next week, one week from now, have a conversation. Um, so we'll do that next week right here on Cheap Heat. But right now, Greg, for this week, let's try to put all of that aside. I know there's some people out there with their hearts in their throats not knowing what to say, they're running to their their email machine to write rosenbergbeats at gmail.com and say, what the hell's going on? Let's not worry about it right now. Let's just focus on actually was the good, the bad, the ugly, a week of everything in WWE and uh, and this weekend AEW. SGG, was there stuff outside the ring? So outside the ring, speaking of AEW, uh, they had a match that was advertised that they ended up having to cancel. It was the Pac. Uh, WWE fans might know him as Neville. Pac versus Handman Page was set to take place at Double or Nothing, but due to creative differences, according to Dave Meltzer, this match had to be canceled. And um, the details surrounding that it seems to be is that you know they couldn't they couldn't agree on the finish of the match. And uh, so the match ended up being taken off the card. 
and I got to I got to tell you, SGG. I saw a headline. Yes, I did not read the story. I saw the headline about the about the match. I did not know until this very moment the details behind why the match isn't taking place. That's terrible. Yeah, agreed. For all the momentum that AEW has, they also there there will also be questions. And to me, and I know nothing about the inner workings of AEW, that is a great example of something that just would not happen <laughs> at WWE. Well, well two things I would There's, say to that, though, is I'm glad that they'd rather cancel the match than hit him with like a screw job finish or just something that he didn't agree to. Because we don't need any more of those going on. And and the second thing is like you have right right now Pac is the champion of uh, Dragon Gate that he's their world champion. You don't bring in a world champion from another company and then ask them to to do the job or anything of the sort, um, especially as a new company. So good on him for not agreeing to anything that did anything less than protect his title. Well, and that and maybe that was a stipulation from Dragon Gate. Um... But, you know, it, it, listen, it's a one-time thing. The timing's not great. It's not the end of the world. However, you have to imagine that it's just one of those things that with, you know, the reason it, it, it would never happen at WWE, you can, I'm not gonna give you a bunch of corporate reasons. It's, it's two words. It's Vince McMahon. Right. Can't happen. You know, it, it it's everything that's wrong and right with WWE in one moment. You know, some a lot of what is wrong is probably Vince McMahon, but the fact that something like that would never happen is what comes from having an absolute outright boss and a company that's run a certain way. It just can't happen. AEW's not in the same place. Obviously, people aren't making... It's, it's not their full time living right now for Neville. Um, it, it's, I, there's a lot of reasons why I get it, but it is also just very interesting because it just so distinctly shows the difference, um, for better or for worse with WWE, but that's, that's very interesting. And, uh, Ric Flair's surgery was successful, still speaking of AEW, um, but it's going to cause him to miss his roast. At Starcast, which I believe now has been postponed, but I read that he's still appearing somewhere on Friday. Is that true? I'm not sure because what I've what I've been reading is that the the celebrity roast that was supposed to happen um is off. So I I read that on Friday he's appearing somewhere else not related to Starcast, like Chicago. Okay, I haven't read any of that, so that that may be true. But his star cast appearances are are off the table. And um, well, listen, shout out to Conrad. They still have a, a ton of great stuff. I know that was the marquee thing, and it was going to be a huge deal. Um, however, they still have a ton uh, to make it worthwhile uh, to either watch from home or or go to Vegas. And listen, that could be that could be a part of Starcast Three. <laughs> you know. This Ric Flair right. roast it's, that it's, they were getting into. 
it would it would make it just that much more hyped. But obviously, most important thing is the Nature Boy's health. So we send our best out to Rick. Yes, of course. And you know, while we're on the subject of Starcast, I just want to plug a panel that they got going on over there too. You know, I should have saved this for the Black Black Power Rankings, but I'm going to get it out the way now. They have a Wrestling with Stereotypes panel hosted by my guy Andreas Hale and Kells Danby. They do a podcast called The Corner. Uh, Kaz is going to be on the panel. Uh, Kenny King's going to be on the panel, along with Marty Bell, Willie Mack, and uh, Dashing Chris Pitt, Dashing Chris Bay, and they're going to talk about you know what it is like to you know the Black experience as our uh, wrestling fans, wrestlers. And uh, just participate in the industry. So I think that's definitely a panel people should check out because that's a conversation that uh, should be had. It was it was sort of the subject of a dust up around the last Starcast event. So I'm glad that they get a platform this time around to have the conversation. Yeah, that's that's very very cool. I'm, I'm glad they're doing that as well. And that's all I have for outside the ring news. Um, today's also the 20th anniversary of Owen Hart's. Passing his uh, his untimely accident. Wow, today's twenty years. Today marks twenty years. Yep. Wow, 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 wow. Damn, I gotta put up a post about that. He is one of the all time best. Shouts to Owen Hart. Wow, twenty years, man. One of the one of the all time naturals ever in the ring. Ever to put on boots? Yeah. When it came when it came to that in ring, and I, I hope he's an honorable mention in the Black Power rankings. Of course, is the Black the Heart. Black Heart, of course. Um, um one of, one of the best nicknames and gimmicks ever. Him being, we've talked about this many times, but him and the Nation is phenomenal. By the way, shout out to Ted Wrestling for Sale, who sent me a picture this week of a shirt that he had never seen before. Do you recall a shirt that was just a black fist on it and on the back said Nation of Domination? I do not. Yeah, you need that in your life. I I, I don't remember this shirt. I'd never seen it ever. Um it's just a black fist raised in the air and the black, and the back says Nation of Domination. And it was an official shirt. Don't know how I never saw that. Crazy. I feel like I don't even remember like in the crowd or remember them like walking down with this shirt on. I know. It's it's wild. Ted, you know, for Ted to be surprised especially by an attitude era shirt. It, I've never he he he's seen he knows every attitude era shirt. So it was surprising, but fire. Um anyways, so I guess I guess let let's start out with something good. Tell me something you liked from Money in the Bank. Um believe it or not, I liked Brock Lesnar getting his hands on that briefcase. I feel like they got to it in a really sort of convoluted way, and it sort of sucks that um, they will not see—they will not be addressing what happened to Sami Zayn and how he ended up strung up. But Brock with the briefcase, I think it feels—it feels good to me. I mean, it's out of the box for what we want for the Money in the Bank briefcase. We usually want it to be used to push someone up and coming. But at the end of the day, the briefcase is supposed to be a threat. And what is more threatening than the specter of Brock Lesnar looming over both championships? 
This may be another one of those takes from SGG that starts a petition to get you kicked off the show, which would be bad timing, you know, given the information I said earlier. <laughs> right. But um, now, are, are you, is the next thing you're going to tell me that you absolutely loved the Game of Thrones finale? I didn't absolutely love it. I mean, I like that I got that death that I've been wanting all season. Um, happy about that. For sure. I feel like there was because other things they could have done better, but. Someone, uh, I'm gonna give you a 30 second spoiler alert if you somehow haven't seen it yet, but someone sent me a funny email to the mailbag that, that said, did you see the part when Michael Cole said, someone just wrote me joking, did you see when Michael Cole said on the show, if you're planning on watching that other show, Jon Snow just killed Daenerys Targaryen, so no need to go watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> Which I thought was a hilarious, uh, uh, throwback to WCW, but, um, we can, we can get to a, a quick Game of Thrones recap a little bit later, but, um, I'm gonna disagree with you, SGG. I, I did not like Brock winning it. I feel Brock is, unless he's going to change his role, and now that we know he's reportedly done with UFC, that's possible. But unless Brock is going to be a regular full-timer, to me, it's more (coughs) of the same. And I was like... Sammy winning would have been so cool. Instead, he's just pulled from the match. Um, no real explanation. Ends up with a random title match on Tuesday. Jobs on Monday. Completely to Strowman. Title match on Tuesday. And instead, you have this guy holding the briefcase who everyone is so sure everyone cares about. But in reality... I don't think they do. Um, and so to me, I, I was like, wow. I, I, I was like, wow, for anyone who's, who was comparing Game of Thrones and Money in the Bank, Money in the Bank just saved Game of Thrones because you had to be happier with the result of Game of Thrones than you were with Brock Lesnar in the briefcase. I, I like your take. I, that's what makes this show special that we have, see things differently. But, yeah, to me, I'm just ready for this era to be diff- to be different. And it, could that be different with Brock Lesnar in the scene? Absolutely. But it has to be, um, it has to be different. It can't just be like, pops up at pay-per-views, Paul Heyman promo for three weeks. Even if you notice on SmackDown, they tried to say, you know, Brock was looming, but it was really just Paul that was looming. Yeah, so I'm, which I'm fine with. We don't. I don't need to see him every week because we we're used to not see him every week. But when we see him, he's going to automatically inject that extra layer of excitement because that means that you're going to get a championship match. Except for on Monday when it was so obvious that there was not going to be a championship match. And what about on Tuesday when Paul Heyman threatened a championship match? Kofi Kingston gets nearly killed by Dolph Ziggler and then he does not show up. Why wouldn't Lesnar come out when Kofi's on the stretcher? 
because Lesnar's not there and Heyman is just there to play the mind games of right. this could happen. I just couldn't suspend that. I was like, wait a second, we're supposed to think he's looming and now the the, the WWE champion completely prone, no Brock Lesnar. I'm not. I, I, I don't like going with the crowd and being like everyone else. And I didn't even read Twitter. I just assumed everyone hated Brock winning. Um, but yeah, I was not my favorite. I'll give you something I liked. Um, I liked Bailey winning and winning the title. Um, yeah. Um, and she's reinvigorated. It, it's what you, it's what they needed. You're, you're sending Bailey to SmackDown. Bailey should not be nothing. And, she had been nothing for too long. Sometimes you need the briefcase or the title or both to reinvigorate someone. And I'm really glad that Bailey got that. I think it's worthwhile. And I hope it, uh, I hope it leads to some sustained momentum on SmackDown. I think it will. Um, she even, she had a different swagger about herself. Even on Tuesday when she was going toe to toe on the mic with, uh, with Becky Lynch, which honestly has never been her strong suit. But, um, just having that championship makes her feel more important. It makes her feel like it, it puts her on that level, uh, with the rest of her, her horsewomen. I just feel that. Bailey needs something look-wise to change for her to be taken more seriously. Um, like the pigtail stuff, just to me, it, it, I get it was really good for NXT and early WWE. I don't know. I am not a stylist. I do not know what that would mean. I don't know if it's shaving your head. I don't know what it is. But I just feel like Bailey needs some sort of re-up in her in the presentation they have maybe it is something um, just as simple as a different hairstyle because i don't i don't think i think the gear is good uh, i think the entrance everything works well especially because uh, unless they're going to turn her heel there's no sense in changing up the music or anything but a different no. hairstyle could change the way we take her yeah <laughs> I, it, it's i mean hair is a thing in wrestling for men and women you know, usually men, it's something that people talk about a lot is changing hairstyle. You know, oh, the guy shaved his head, he grew his hair out, he grew a beard, whatever it is. Um, but in, in the case of Bailey, I think a hair change could could be meaningful. Um, I don't know what that would be, but uh, that that's just a simple thought I have. I nailed the um, the Becky situation. Yeah, you did. I mean. Hats off to you. I definitely thought she was going to be riding this Becky two belts way for a little while, but um, you called it. You called exactly which belt was going to be dropped. Uh, It was perfect. And I love that Charlotte picked her spot in that way. (laughs) That as Becky's making her way down the ramp, Charlotte strutting to the ring with a smile on her face and just like, get back in the ring. (laughs) You got a little bit more business to handle. Um, and we can finally do away with champ champ, which is one of the dumbest phrases in sports. I hate when Connor says it. Don't like when Becky says it. I champ champ is so dumb. I don't know why. It's just dumb. Well, we got a unanimous, uh, agreement on that one. <laughs> Becky two belts is definitely better than champ champ. Yeah. Becky two belts. Cool. Champ champ trash. Um, 
all the other matches that were not the, the <coughs> women's matches or the Money in the Bank matches, uh, were there any major consequences or w- was it filler? No, I wouldn't say. Well, I would say there were no major consequences, but they weren't filler because that Seth and AJ match, for as much as we complained about it not having a story, they still, that video package going into the match, Gave it that big fight feel that you want. And then they turned around and they delivered, uh, just a, a spectacular match to go with, to go with it. And so even though they didn't have a storyline or anything fueling it, I think that they gave it everything that it would need to be match of the year contender. Wow, that strong SGG. I mean, they they worked very well together, and just even that sequence at the end, the the curb stomp countered into the Styles Clash that I thought was gonna bring us to um, a new Universal Champion. Like that's gonna that's that's gonna be meme worthy and jiffable for for years to come. I mean, it was that good. This is not, not a match that we're gonna soon forget, and um, for AJ. I think he definitely needed this. And Seth, too. But AJ is definitely one of those guys who, like, you know, they put him against some dream opponents and it's been hit or miss, right? You know, AJ and KO didn't really deliver as much as people thought it wanted, thought it would. Um, same thing with Nakamura. Same thing with Samoa Joe. These are matches that we really want to see. And so they got him in there with Seth. And for him to deliver, he needed this one. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, it was a dope, dope match. Um, I'd have to think about whether it's match of the year candidate or not. Um, certainly it's early in the year, so I certainly think it's reasonable. And yeah, listen, these are two of the best. AJ, one of the best to ever do it. Seth on his way. So yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not mad, uh, at that, at that assessment and not surprised that they delivered. What about Raw SGG? Uh, how would you describe Raw this week? Um, lackluster is the word I would use to describe Raw. Um, it just really, I don't want to say forgettable, but it, it just wasn't, you know, inconsequential might be the perfect word to, to describe that Monday night. Um, even the things that they teased on Sunday to help get us ready, you know, like it just, that, that new championship, I just not into it. The twenty four seven title, um, it, it, it's yeah. I don't know what something positive that I can say about Money Night Raw. Um, Boombox Brock, he looks reinvigorated with that Money in the Bank briefcase. He looks happy to be in that position, and if he brings that positive energy to to the his Money in the Bank reign, um, I think we can have a lot of fun with that. You know, the, the Firefly Funhouse got even more spooky, so I like to see what they're doing building up with Bray. Um, but as far as everything else, you know, I don't know. Cesaro Ricochet was a good match. Um, I like seeing I, I, Lars Sullivan get jumped by minorities instead of beating up minorities. That was a, a welcome change. <laughs> but, um, um, oh, and we, we have to talk about the 24 seven title. Yeah. I mean, listen, if you're going to do that and you're going to trot out Mick Foley and you're going to do this nostalgic thing, 
why not just use the actual old bootleg looking hardcore title and call it that? Yeah. This this reminds me of the WBC um boxing belts, which that's not a good thing. <laughs> those belts nope. those nope. belts are ugly and this one is as well. And um yeah, I don't know. I feel like they're almost trolling Mick Foley at this point because they call him up from whatever he's doing. You know, he's relaxing in retirement, enjoying life. And then they say, we have this ugly championship that we want to introduce. Can you sell it? And then he keys the guy that they trust to bring out these terrible titles. And I don't understand why they would just, just let the man live in peace. Instead of always doing this to him. Because this is an ugly belt. And it, it doesn't make any sense to me, honestly. You're, you're trying to do a nostalgic thing. He comes out and he says, Raw needs to get a lot more Raw. You know, go back to Raw. And then, okay, boom. So we're doing something retro. Then you explain what it could be. And then you present an ugly, modern, st- stupid-looking title with a stupid-looking name. Instead of just, I've seen the hardcore championship at the warehouse. It's sitting there. It's awesome. It's Repug. Pull out that Repug old title and just do the old thing. Like that's what you're trying to do. Do it. Yeah. It's, 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 as Michael K says, you can't be half pregnant. Like you're doing it or you're not doing it. Um, and, to me, that was just a great example of, nope, we're just going to hover right in the middle. And, oh, and then we're going to say anybody from any brand can compete for it. But then we're going to basically, for the most part, bring out a big group of B-listers and have them fight for it. Right. B-list men at that, too. Because on SmackDown, SmackDown really just highlighted all the problems – the good and the bad with this championship. Um, it has potential for them to fill time in an entertaining way. Um, R-Truth running in the back, defending against the B-Team and Jinder Mahal and all of that. Um, it's a good use of time when you don't have anything that you can do. You can just pre-tape it and run it when you need to. But why wouldn't Carmella try to go for it if it's eligible for anybody? And not only that, they run past Sami Zayn. He doesn't even try to get involved and go for the championship. He could have made it a champion versus champion match, that WWE title match, but he's just not interested. It's it's like with one look, you see Sami Zayn basically say that, you know, I'm above this. And he is. Well, they they made it such. It, It shouldn't be that Sami Zayn is above it. If you want it to be something. Now, granted, if you go back to the original iteration of the real one, the hardcore title, you know what I'm saying? It was Bob Holly. It was Al Snow. It was, you know, so it, don't get me wrong. It was, you know, frankly, it was, it's kind of ironic that Mick Foley brought it out. They should have had friggin' Al Snow bring it out. You know, Mick Foley was above the hardcore title. Although he was the first champion and he got it, um, while he was in the main event. You know what I mean? As if it eventually did slide down to this lower, you know, lower mid card championship, but 
The, the, no, and I and I get it for that logic, right? But ultimately, that's not what it was. It wasn't defined by McFoley. That's disingen- You know, I see how you could position it that way, but for anyone who remembers the hardcore title, that's not really what it was when it was all said and done. So, and if they want it to, if the fact that you have Mick bring bring it out implies that you're going to elevate it, um, but they didn't, and you're saying it's it's for mid carters, um. It would have been cool if they started it out in a way where it wasn't so clearly for mid-carters. Have someone dope from NXT show up right away. Well, that's what I hope they do by saying that it's eligible for anybody on all these shows. But then you have to wonder, like, when is R-Truth going to interact with the UK guy? Well, Good point. And... Wouldn't it have been fire if all these mid-card dudes were out there fighting over it and it was goofy and then Pete Dunne's music hit and he came and just cleared out everyone, grabbed the title, snarled in the middle of the ring and dared anyone else to try him and no one did? Yeah, that would have been perfect. But again, that would have worked with hardcore. I don't even know what 24-7 means. I mean, I do, but it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't... It doesn't connote a feeling yeah it's just just, a stipulation it's it's a stipulation it's not it's not a feeling so pete dunn would be you know perfect for the hardcore title but anyways and then yeah the end of raw was disappointing because you absolutely knew where it was going brought hey guys you got to stick around for the whole show i mean paul Heyman literally said those words at the beginning like (laughs) we want ratings stay tuned and then you stay tuned, you know, maybe you skip basketball, you watch it, and in the end, you get what you know you're going to get. That's why I enjoyed SmackDown much more than Raw, again. Because, hey, my friends, look what we got. A story for Kofi Kingston. Um, And a returning Dolph Ziggler, who Kofi is so over as a babyface... And Dolph and Kofi did such a great job with that segment that did you hear the legit boos when Dolph got in the ring? Yeah, and uh, even just like when Kofi's on the stretcher, the, the this chance the the interspersed with the silence to try and help get him up off the stretcher, like they were into yeah. it. Yeah, it was it was so that was exciting, and boy, could we get great matches from Kofi and Dolph. And, and, and again, the benefit going against what superstar Billy Graham said, the benefit of having someone of Kofi's size as champion, it also makes someone like Dolph a credible threat for the world title. And he should be because he's one of the best wrestlers of the last 10, 15 years. And that's exciting to now think, oh, wow, we could get a meaningful story with Dolph. When does that happen? It's been a long time. Yo, Dolph's been off TV longer than Peter Rosenberg. <laughs> Hopefully this means they're bringing you back. <laughs> they found something well, for Dolph. Yeah, they definitely did. I was very, very happy to see that. So I thought that was, I thought that was cool. I thought the, um, women's tag was cool. The Becky and Bailey, you know, having issues with each other. Nothing like, you know, world changing, but cool. Um, I mean, we always say it. It's two hours. It ends up being a better show. That's just the nature of the beast. 
Yeah, because they, they, they don't have that room to play around. They got to be concise. They get in, they get out. They hit their points. And, uh, yeah, like you said, it just ends up being being much better. Um, now, SGG, let's take a second, shall we? Because cheap heat does not happen inside a bubble. We need help. We need support. And one of them... Uh, one of the people who supports this podcast is our great, great friends at Vivid Seats. Don't wait in line. Don't do any of that. Go check out the official ticket partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats. At Vivid Seats, you can see your seats before you buy them, and they're backed by a 100% buyer guarantee, so you don't show up to the arena sitting around with fake tickets looking like a lunatic. Um you may have to find another way to spend time because you're not going to be waiting online at Vivid Seats. Go to Vivid Seats. They're the largest independent ticket marketplace around and spend less time in the waiting room and more time in the seats of your choice. Don't just buy any seat. Get a Vivid Seat. Go to Vivid Seats right now. Supporter of the Cheap Heat Podcast. And also, while we're out at it, I want to give another shout-out. Give a, a, a special, special shout-out if you're out there right now and you're hiring, you don't want to waste time sorting through dozens of terrible resumes. You want to find an efficient way to get a short list of qualified candidates. That's why you need Indeed.com. You can post a job in minutes. You can set up screener questions based on the requirements of the job. Then zero in on qualified candidates using an intuitive online dashboard. Super easy and super effective. Discover why 3 million businesses use Indeed for hiring. Post a job today at Indeed.com slash hire. Search for greatness. Search Indeed. Well, Indeed, what we have to talk about, SGG, is at least a couple of minutes on Double or Nothing this weekend. What your expectations are, how important this is for AEW. This is ridiculously important for um, AEW just because this is going to set the tone for them going forward. They already have their second and third uh, pay-per-view events lined up. Um, they have locations. They have dates. So, third and fourth. Yeah, excuse me, third and fourth. Um, yeah, they have locations. They have dates. So what they need to do is set the tone and do something that are going to it's going to bring these fans back. Now, in one of the main events, they have Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega in a rematch of their New Japan match. And uh, the winner of that match is going to face the winner of their 21-person battle royal for the to crown the first championship. And I think those two matches are definitely going to be the ones to watch because it's going to establish the face of the company. Um Beyond, you know, Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks, this is going to be the person who carries that championship. And I think when it's all said and done, it's going to end up being Chris Jericho. But um, all of the participants of that Battle Royal haven't been announced. So you got to watch that to sort of see who some of these surprises are. Could could John Moxley, formerly known as Dean Ambrose, show up and be all in? Todd Dillinger's already going to be in the Battle Royal, so you never know. What do you expect from Omega and Jericho? I expect a good match. I, I didn't really, I didn't like their New Japan match. Um, so hopefully they can build on that and make it better. I know they're both two, two masters of the craft. So you sort of expect 
expect a little bit of greatness out of them. And they have it in them to deliver it, but I just didn't feel like we got that from their New Japan matches. So hopefully now with more chemistry, they can come out and really just elevate and raise the bar. Because one of them could be the world champion when it's all said and done. So, Do you think Chris Jericho can fully still go with Kenny Omega? Um, absolutely. I don't think Chris Jericho has ever lost a step. There's not a point in his career where I looked and I'm just like, oh, he might have fallen off. And um, that's not the same thing I can say about, you know, some people who might be featured on that Saudi show that WWE has coming up. I think Chris Jericho definitely still has it. You talking and, about Resthold? You talking about Resthold Mania? Yeah, Resthold Mania. <laughs> I don't think. Shout out! Shout out to the email we got that said that, which was phenomenal. Yeah, I think Chris Jericho definitely still got it. He definitely can still go. Um, can he hang with Kenny Omega? Is sort of a wild question. It could end up being can Kenny Omega hang with Chris Jericho? But either way, no, no, stop. Will you stop yourself? You have to stop yourself. You have to stop yourself. Can can you really? You really would ask the question. Can Kenny Omega hang with Chris Jericho? Well, listen. These are two masters, right? Chris Jericho has a very high sense of opinion of himself, but it definitely comes from going out there and performing at a certain level almost every night. So when it when you look at it that way, it's hard to say who's carrying who through these through these good matches. So some could say all the credit or most of the credit goes to Kenny Omega. Some could tip it the other way for Chris Jericho. But either way, they're going to both deliver and give us what could be a really good match. I agree with that part 100%. But if there was any, I don't think a reasonable question is, can Kenny Omega hang with Chris Jericho? Kenny Omega is in, Kenny Omega right now is Chris Jericho in 2000. 2001 I mean he's just he's just at his absolute best so the question Um, then comes up is is Chris Jericho now better or worse than he was in 2000 is he operating at a higher level at a lower level I'm gonna I'm gonna gonna raise my hand and answer for you worse he's worse than he was in 2000 (laughs) 19 years ago I mean he's he's he has aged as well, basically, as you can as a wrestler. Um, I'm trying to think of who else, you know, has aged really well. Um, Shawn Michaels is the answer to that question because, and you think about it, right? Shawn's the best. Shawn's Shawn's the best when it comes to that. When people talk about Shawn Michaels, right, and they say how good he was and blah, blah, for me, Shawn Michaels was not that great in the mid-90s. But when he came back, before he retired from the, I think it was 2002 to when he retired, he was in God mode. So I'll say Shawn Michaels in his last couple of years as an active competitor, way better than 90s Shawn, 80s Shawn. And if you're going to say that Chris Jericho is worse now just because he's older, then I'll point to Shawn Michaels as a guy who got tremendously better with age. True. True, um, but they do have a different body type, um, and I don't think – we'll see. Let's see this weekend, see if Crystal has it in him for the big spots the way Sean did all the way 
basically till the end. And also, let's not forget on that list of names, Undertaker, who up until like 47 was basically still good to go. Yeah. Um, it was only the last few years that Taker has turned into something else. Um, someone should make a meme of brand, of brand from, of Brandon Stark. And combine it with Undertaker, and it's like, "Are you Undertaker?" And it's, "I'm I'm something else now." <laughs> Brand the Broken is a terrible name, by the way. I mean, <coughs> if that was if that was your wrestling gimmick, was Brand the Broken? Uh, it's I mean, it's repug. It is a repug name. Yeah, even Duke it's the Dumpster like, Josie would look at you like <laughs> you got. Yeah, like, I'd rather I'd rather I'd rather be the dumpster. My, my, <laughs> yeah. my, my nickname is Dumpster, bruh. And I'm looking at Brand like you sound nuts. Um, I mean, and and then you might as well change uh, Brand the Broken and his hand Tyrion the Impotent. I mean, what are you? It's a terrible. It's terrible. Now on Game of Thrones, before we get to Black Power rankings, I the bottom line is this: sometimes things give you so much joy for so long that they cannot match in closing what they did over the course of a decade. And I do think that's the case with this episode. It was not my favorite. There were missed opportunities. I won't go through all of them. I will say this. I believe Game of Thrones was a show ultimately about the Stark children. That's what the show was about, truly. Danny was a big character. Cersei was a big character. Jamie was a big character. Tyrion's a huge character. We got it. It's about the Starks. That's what the show is. That's how the show ended. That's how it should have ended. Um, you can argue about where Bran ended up versus Jon. But frankly, had it gone the other way, people would have called that predictable. I heard people say that what happened between John and Danny should have happened between Cersei and Jamie. I think that would have been more predictable. I think, I think Cersei and Jamie got the ending they should have gotten. And I think John and Daenerys did also. Um, do I, the, the, the worst part of the episode, in my opinion, <coughs> Was that after John did what he did, you cannot just go three weeks later, everyone has a beard, and no, no one tells us what happened. When, when the Iron Throne was being burned, uh, by Drogon, I thought at that moment, SGG, oh wow, John is now controlling Drogon. I did too. And so I thought, oh wow, that's how he's going to escape this. Because when Grey Worm shows up, he might have to kill Grey Worm. But ultimately, when he goes out to the Unsullied and has the dragon with him, he's taken over. He's safe. No one could say anything. How would Grey Worm, who was wildin' at this point, who was just like Daenerys, how would he have just taken John as a prisoner? How? I'm not, I'm not Mr. Reality on this show. But to me, it was just such a 
a moment that could have been it would have been so it would we've already seen John ride the dragon. We know he's Targaryen. So I would have liked Grey Worm to show up as he's holding Daenerys and we get the we get the Jon Snow Grey Worm battle. <laughs> Grey Worm would have been out of here. Grey Worm would have been finished. He would have ended up with his queen, which is a perfect ending for him. John comes outside. People all find out what's happened. They're all whatever. But then Drogon comes and lands right next to John, and John's like, "So what's up? We good or not?" Nah? <laughs> that that's perfect, right? And then even if at the end they decide it makes the most sense for John to go to the Night's Watch, you see John at the Night's Watch, and you see. Drogon fly in and land on the wall. I would have loved that. Like that would have been tight. And guess what? That would have also meant that Bran then always has Drogon as backup down at the wall. So like instead they did this, oh, let's leave it open ending. Where's Drogon? Bran goes, I'm going to find him him now. Which, which really means I, I've, it's code, it's code language. Like when my dad says he's going to meditate and he's really just going to go take a nap. <laughs> I'm going to go find him means sent, roll me back to my room so I can go to sleep. <laughs> I, like I appreciated them leaving all those doors open for future stuff. But like to me, that was just a huge miss. Um, and why does he need a master of whispers now if he can see everything? Just relax and use your power and just spy on people. That's what you've been doing. Great point. But I, I also don't like people going overly literal and being like, Bran's a bad guy because he could see everything and he let everyone die. Just because Bran could see everything, if you're going to get into it like that, doesn't mean that he's supposed to change everything. And maybe he can't you know? change everything too. Like, And maybe he can't. He just sees it. And maybe he doesn't see absolutely everything. Like everyone just takes everything like they they have a perfect understanding. Just like how did Daenerys get hit when she was with the dragon? She should have seen Euron coming. Well, you don't know what it's like to fly a dragon, <laughs> right? You know? Are you a pilot? You don't know. It's like... Yeah, you don't know. Maybe when she's up there, she rests sometimes. She goes to sleep. You really don't know. What like, I did it, like it's... though was um, she never actually got to sit on the Iron Throne. Did you beat that? She did oh, all yeah, of that yeah, sure. and never even took a moment. And, and I, I will say I agree with everyone who feels it should have had three or four more episodes. Absolutely. If they'd had ten episodes, they could have tied it up much better. Yeah. You know, I just more explanation, more time. After Daenerys wiped out King's Landing, we had her on camera for about another total five minutes. And say whatever you want about that episode – that shot of her walking out with the dragon behind her was fire. Fire. You know the shot I'm talking about? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. When like it looked like she was turning into a dragon for a second. Yo, how that was amazing. Amazing. Oh, and you know what else was amazing? Because everyone's focused on the bad. Tyrion walking up to her and throwing his pin in front of everyone. Fire. Love those parts. Yeah. So there were there were really good parts. Um 
And then, of course, I literally started weeping and crying when <laughs> when Jon Snow saw Ghost, even though I was super disappointed to find out that was a shot they'd already used and they just did it again. Uh, did you is that is that real? Yeah, I saw I saw a screen by screen, a shot by shot season four and season eight. And what it sounds like, and I don't know if this is true, is that they saw how upset everyone was that John didn't say goodbye to Ghost, and so they added that shot just to make everyone happy. By the way, mission accomplished. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta have the moment with Ghost, man. Had to. And like, it's funny what I hear people who aren't dog owners who don't understand it, or aren't dog lovers. You don't even have to be an owner, because some people aren't dog owners, but are dog lovers, but... And like, don't get it and like think it's stupid. It's sort of like, I know, I know some people will think this is crazy, but it's sort of like having children. You could talk to someone who's never had children or doesn't have an interest in having children and you'll try to relay them a story. And I say this as someone who's not a parent, but wants to be a parent. So I get it when people tell me their stories of their children. Like, obviously I don't get it the way you do once you have children, but I appreciate it. There are some people out there who have no interest in kids and you, you watch, you show them baby pic, you see, you see them looking at baby pictures and you're like, oh, they just do not feel this. They're like, yeah, I get and, it. Ten, ten fingers, ten toes. It's... Right. Yeah, 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 whatever. I don't care. It's, it's, though it's not the exact same thing, of course, there's a real similarity. Like if you haven't had a true connection with an animal, you're not going to understand why that moment means something. But for ghosts to have lasted, this entire series, they were all given these puppies. They all went down. I just rewatched the episode yesterday when Brands, when Brands dire wolf dies trying to save him against the, the, the White Walkers. And Arius goes down early, right? Doesn't how it go down like the first season? Well, um, no. Sansa, somebody's goes down because of Joffrey and Sansa Sa- being. Sansa, Sansa's goes down because of <laughs> Joffrey. Arya's... She sends him off into the woods to run. Yes. But whatever happened to Arya's, though? I don't know. Yo, direwolves are so tight. (laughs) (laughs) You you want one now? (laughs) You want a direwolf? Yo, I always always like to pretend Bear to be my direwolf, but A... Bear couldn't kill a White Walker. The best thing he's ever killed was an entire tray of uh, cocktail wieners. But still. <laughs> respect. I respect that, though. All right, SGG. Hit us with some Black Power rankings. Uh, black, y'all. And I'm black, y'all. And I'm blacker than black. And I'm black, y'all. And I'm black, y'all. And I'm black, y'all. And I'm blacker than black. And I'm black, y'all. I'm blickety black, blacker than black, black. I'm blacker than black, yo. Because I'm black and I'm black. In the number three, Kofi Kingston, who had he managed to keep his hands on his championship by defeating the best friends, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn this week, and then took a brutal beating at the hands of Dolph Ziggler, only to walk out on his own accord to show everybody that he is a champion with the fighting spirit of a champion. So for that, he's coming in at number three. In at number two, uh, we touched on a little bit earlier, the Black Heart, Owen Hart. He His career was uh, cut way too short 
But um, in that time, he managed to be just like a true legend. Um, just go back and watch some of his matches against his brother, alongside his brother, against Mr. Perfect, uh, against Shawn Michaels and his contemporaries. And um, it's it's safe to say that Owen is definitely one of those guys that would have had multiple multiple championship runs. And then yeah, amazing. in the number one, I'm going to go completely unorthodox and give this one to uh, Dr. Crystal Austin, who many of you know as the valet. Um, this, right. this past week, she was responsible for what I would definitely say is one of the best weeks of my life. We uh, drove up to Albany. I got to watch her graduate and get her Ph.D., and watch her complete that journey. And then we drove back down. And uh, P, just get that drop ready. I think you know the one. We drove back down to Philadelphia. When we got home, uh, I bent the knee. I asked her to marry me. And she said yes. And uh, we've been engaged for about a week now. And it's been a lot of fun. I haven't done anything to mess it up yet. <laughs> so Good for you. Yeah. First week's big, SUG. Yeah, the first week and- sets the stone. I don't I don't have the drop on me so I'll just say this. Will you marry me? <laughs> oh uh, yeah. Well that that is that is a worthwhile number 1. Congratulations. Obviously uh ladies and gentlemen, I obviously already knew this information or I would be reacting more uh with more surprise. But um amazing amazing news. So excited. Um going to be a phenomenal Wedding in a re- it's going to be in a wrestling ring. Of course, way. nothing of course. will go wrong. Um, it's going to be just like Uncle Elmer's wedding. The, the um, contract signing, the marriage license, is going to be a contract signing on the Monday after. Uh, no, but I'm very, very happy for you guys. Uh, congrats to Crystal as well. Um, huge news for SGG. Um, I think it's all because of the podcast. Let's be honest. Yeah, 100. percent I mean. Um, when I first met her, one of the first, it was like shortly after that infamous Roman Reigns episode that, uh, not the Roman Reigns one, the one where I told about my, uh, my dance experience. I think the name of the episode was Everybody Loves Roman. If you want to go back and dig that up. Um, and yeah, we've been just laughing and joking and having fun ever since. Well, that's beautiful, man. That is, uh, that's amazing. Um, super happy for you, SGG. And on that touching moment, um, not going to be able to get to mailbag this week, but I'm reading everyone's emails and I appreciate them. Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. Next week we'll come back. Uh, very special recap episode. With a very special episode. Uh, we'll talk about the future of the podcast. We'll talk about AEW and everything else. So SGG, uh, congratulations. Thank you. Um, thank you. En- enjoy yourself. Take Stay it easy. mage. And, 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 and for the rest of your lives together. Take it easy, man. Thank you, Pete. It's professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. At this time, I would like to introduce in the corner to my left. The majesty. Sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg. And then I went to makeup and like sat in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I would like to introduce... Shout out to that guy, Greg. Bret Hart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. M-m-m-m-mage.